Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt, the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Ezra, the Watchful. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Today we're into Aria 5 of A Game of Thrones, and in the Maester Study, we will be discussing the Gold Cloaks. Mm, yeah, this is, uh, whew, this is a heartbreaking chapter we're going to be discussing today, Sir Ezra. Yeah. It's a head roller, that's for sure. Wow. Wow. Normally that's normally that's Sir Matt's job. I mean, you're I just, you're already giving away spoilers. I mean, let's not try to get ahead of ourselves. Okay? <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, how many head wow. jokes. We just lost all of our subscribers. Everyone, they're Everyone gone. literally they hate is us. gone. And it's all your fault. <laughs> it's my fault. And then, I know. And then you made a joke, and then I have to make a joke. And just Please come back. Please come back. I, wow. I had to get one in before, you know, I knew later on I would forget and, and Sir Matt would, would come in there clutch. So anyways, wow. yeah. Um, but it, it is it is actually a, a it's a terrible chapter. It, it's, yeah. it's terrible in that, I mean, this shouldn't happen. This mm -mm. should not happen. And yeah. it does. Well, just wait till we get there, because then at the end, I'm, at the end, I'm going to do. Uh, I w I rewatched the scene of the show, and there's a lot of stuff in the show that I like the way they did it. Um, and I'm going to be getting fired up. Okay, so just just okay. just just wait, hold out for that. I'm gonna, I might go on a little bit of a rant. That's uh, fine. It's, you're going to love it. So, okay, good, good. I'm I'm actually I have no idea what it's going to be, so I am actually fired up, ready to ready ready yeah. to hear. So, um, all right, so I uh. Wow. Let's just move right into small council and um, mm -hmm. so let's, let's just get ahead of this here. So, uh, how, how you doing? You doing all right? Hey, man, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. it's early. Uh, you know, we are recording kind of earlier in the day. Well, it's early for me. You know, it's that three hour yeah. time. It's that three hour time difference. I mean, I just woke up too, so it's cool. <laughs> hey, hey, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's great. I mean, guys, this is literally how we do. It. I mean, we literally just was like, hey, you want to record at noon? Okay, cool. And then it's like. All right, we just get up, click record, then uh, we. I usually have the doc prepped, and so then we just kind of jump into it. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't even have coffee. I don't need it. No, I got, Game of, I, I got Game of Thrones to talk about. Exactly, dude. And on the coffee note, by the way, I want some accountability out there from folks. I'm actually, I think I'm giving coffee up, man. Like, I don't drink it really. It is. I mean, guys, when you get so past the the. When you get out of the twenties and you get into the thirties, all right. So, so I'm in the, I'm in the thirties and thirty-one. Okay, I'm just gonna go ahead and say that. It hurts to say it, but it also feels. It, it hurts. Let's. I'll just say that it hurts. It hurts <laughs> all over. It hurts all over. But um, man, that coffee is tearing me up, man. Like my uh, like what do you what what, what do you call it? Acid reflux situation. Something like ah, uh, something like that. Yeah, dude. Cold brew is just like gasoline it's killing, it's, it's killing you man yeah yeah so i gotta i gotta i gotta either just you know crank it back a little bit on that or something i gotta figure out I, hey i don't i don't really drink soda um or i don't really i don't really drink coffee i don't really drink a lot of caffeine stuff i mean i do take pre-workout when i go to the gym Woo! Um, yeah but that's about <laughs> it you still you, are you still taking uh, which one are you on right now? Are you doing shatter or which? which no, nope, I'm on. I'm using uh, gold standard. Gold, the gold standard. Yes. Yeah, it's the gold standard. <laughs> I got the green apple and it tastes awful. Uh, so oh, I'm gonna be switching that as soon as that's over. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, I mean, if you want, if you want to, if you want something with a little more caffeine to start your day, 
than coffee. <laughs> just take a little shot of pre-workout in the morning. And yeah, yeah. Good God. Oh, anyways. Hey, wow. some of our hey, some of our listeners, I think, drink, drink a lot of coffee because we have been getting a ton of messages from uh, people lately, and and a lot of people say they listen to us on their commute. They have like really long commutes. Yeah. Um, some so, uh, there was some woman who sent us a, a message saying she has like a two hour commute. I was like, whew. wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's one that's, way or both way or what? So what? I think so. That's what she said. I think she said she had a two hour commute. Dude, some people do. I mean, some people like I uh, people I work with will drive like an hour and 20, an hour and 30 minutes to work. So it's like mm-hmm. three hours of driving at least a day. And I'm like, wow, that is just it's intense. I mean, my, my drive is an hour. So, I mean, it's that's why I listen to podcasts and do audio books and stuff. So, but um, yeah, interesting. Well, we're. I mean, so if coffee is your thing and you're drinking coffee, keep drinking it. Don't don't listen to me. You you know what you're doing. My body's just weak. All right, mm-hmm. <laughs> just can't handle it. Can't handle yeah. the coffee. You know, can barely handle water. All right, jeez. So, <laughs> anyways, um, all right. Well, hey, so yeah, we're getting a lot of uh, uh we got some good feedback from from folks. We've gotten some good uh, activity on Patreon. We got some polls going uh, on in the group and everything. I think people are more and more like we're getting into this. We're finishing up to, um, you know, Game of Thrones and we'll be diving into uh, Clash of Kings and it's going to be mm-hmm. epic. So the hype is, is building and building. And I think this is going to be a good fall for us, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to keep keep uh, keep chugging ahead. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, oh, I wanted to say we have our our stickers, our our sticker designs are in. Um, and so we're going to be showing showing those on Facebook here shortly, uh, giving some people a lot one last chance kind of to jump into that Patreon tier to get those. And then we'll be shipping those out here very shortly. So, yeah. Yep. Trying to keep ahead of things. So. All right. You're just going to keep saying that word, aren't you? <laughs> this, this whole episode. You're just going to keep fr- <laughs> Well, you know, it's fitting, right? So where we're at, it's a theme. Okay. Um, so yeah, okay. So let's see here. Uh, let's move on, right? Let's let's move mm-hmm. out of the, any other updates in the in the small nope, council. That's it, man. Things we got. Okay. All right, cool beans. So let's move on over to the captain's report, and this is something cool that we've we've added. You know, we're willing to add things to the show as as stuff like this pops up because. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I know a handful of people have kind of taken over our Facebook group, and it's yeah. great. Uh, it's like the whole that whole Captain of the Guard tier on on Patreon, uh, yeah. and those people are kind of taking over the Facebook group, and uh, it's great because really ha- helping us build a community and uh, helping with content. Um, we try to keep our sh- we try to keep this episode. I think there for a while we were always around about an hour, but we've kind of been like you know if we could stretch it to about an hour and a half now that we're not mm-hmm. you know we're not doing follow uh, follow up friday right now um so hey we got those people who have those long commutes so i think i think the hour and a half mark is about is great so stuff like this helps us kind of add in some some time well yeah and if, if people are doing you know pretty cool polls it's sort of like a mini version of what used to be follow up friday because that poll can be about anything and uh, so we've got, you know, Lord Robert, the unfrozen of House Butler. He's been running the polls. Uh, I've also hit up Lady Amanda just last night and kind of um, trying to think of something we can do there in the Facebook group, something else uh, there. But they're all kind of, you know, managing, running. Uh, Sir Ron, Sir Dustin, Lord Hunter are all kind of helping out with the Facebook group. And so it's, it's huge. It's pretty cool. So yeah, those it's, are your, it's your awesome. captain it's, of the guards. Yeah, yeah it's great. 
So, um, another quick thing before before I forget, I the Discord server, Sarant, it's blowing up. It's amazing. Um, Fantasy League, there was a uh, talk of some f- uh, fantasy football starting up, so I wanted to say that now before we get to the point where it's like past time to sign up for it. So there's a fantasy league that's been started, and I think um, I think Lord Robert was going to start maybe another league maybe or something if, if, if yeah. one filled up we would we would make another one yeah that, that was talked like that. about that was talked about in the facebook group i saw that they said hey let's start a fantasy football league i was like great i unfortunately don't have really the time you know i used to be big into fantasy football but i've kind of kind of scaled back a little bit are you are you just worried that i'd beat you okay <laughs> so- let's let's okay hold on hold on a second here okay every oh. let me let me tell you guys something let's okay. run you down a little rabbit hole here okay mm-hmm. sir ezra plays fantasy football so i am a nfl like historian like i yep. the whole deal i love it it's like one of my biggest biggest passions um i've applied to actually to work at like the nfl before um mm-hmm. so if anybody who works at the nfl is listening and wants to hook me up let me tell yeah. you i can tell you up. yeah i know ev- like everything there is to know yeah. I'll yeah. go on trial by combat by that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, every year Sir Ezra plays fantasy football with his coworkers. And every year he comes to me, he's like, Matt, would you start this guy or this guy this week? Or and I'm yeah. like, Well, who's in like the free agency pool? Oh, I don't know. Like, remember that year when I was like, You need to yeah. go sign Chris Johnson. because uh, yeah. he's gonna have a bounce back year, I'm telling you, and he did. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, it's huge. Well, I, here's the thing. What I'm saying is, is, is I've squired under you for a long time. Okay, okay let's. All right. <laughs> so I have been knighted, and I am ready to. Uh... <laughs> no, I don't know. It'd be kind of funny. So if if another group opens up there, what we'll to what we'll take a look and see? I don't. Yeah, know. I maybe might, I'll play. Yeah, I might I might jump in just for fun. So, um. Anyways, yeah. So there's a an update. But yeah, let's jump into this poll here. We've got uh, the captain's report. So last week's poll. I will we like to go over the results and then I'll tell you the poll that's kind of currently uh, happening right now. So last week's poll was who or what is Lightbringer? And this is something we talked a lot about in Follow Up Friday and we've got different thoughts and theories. Is it something uh, more symbolic? Is it a person? Is it an actual sword? Uh, so the top results were Dawn uh, at number one and then number two uh, doesn't exist yet. And then three Lightbringer uh, as in Stannis's sword uh was was a top getting the top three there and there were other options let me see if i can find this real quick here so we had um oh my gosh we had aria was in there at, at number four and long claw uh, people were writing in options here the night's watch um wow people had like a glass candle it doesn't exist at all um let's see Oathkeeper, danny's dragons dark sister and so on so it's kind of neat that people can you start off with what some of the most common uh, thoughts are and we vote on that and then from there people can add in other options that maybe we didn't think of or um, what have you so mm-hmm. yeah pretty cool now this week's poll which I think is about to close here maybe on Monday um, is uh, who is Varus truly so we'll go over the results of that uh, next week but uh, yeah it's pretty cool I, I actually am really enjoying the polls and seeing what people it, it just kind of keeps it fresh in my mind I'm, I'm reminded of these you know thoughts and, and theories and that are still kind of floating out there and some things that the show didn't answer yet so you know i'm interested in, in seeing what, what folks think and also we have new listeners coming in so uh we want to know what they think and maybe yeah, somebody can add, add to the conversation <clears throat> so 
Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's 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 interesting with when you mention like the new listeners because we have people message us all the time like, "Oh, I'm on episode 54." And it's like, and it's like, wow, it's like just weird to think that people are behind. And, yeah. And they're listening cuz yeah. we're this show is we do it a lot, you know, we we do it every week and so like right. they'll catch up and so then we'll we'll share something and then they'll catch it up and so it's just it's just interesting to for me to think about sometimes when when that happens so well it's uh, also like a refresher I, people bring mm-hmm. up stuff from weeks Absolutely. or months ago and i'm like wow okay yeah that's cool didn't think about that back then uh, yeah so we'll try to include that in the conversation yeah okay yeah. well uh should we head over to the uh maester study here just kind of a little description kind yeah. of of the the gold cloaks here sir ezra yeah, and not not much on this, honestly. There's not a whole. I'm not going to go super deep on this. Just in this chapter, we talk about the gold cloaks, and I think um, I did. I mentioned them. Remember when um, when Edard is is taken and, he, and he's captured and things that we we talked about it there as well. But you know, basically, it's it's the city watch of King's Landing, uh, and they're known as the gold cloaks. And in this chapter, Arya kind of sees them here and there, and it it, it uh, everywhere she kind of turns, like boom, there's like a gold cloak. So, and she's trying just to survive, really. But they are defenders of the city uh, of King's Landing, including the Red Keep, and uh, they're the, the enforcers of the law, right? So, they are sworn only to the Iron Throne. Uh, the watch presumably falls under the, uh, let's see, oh, under the bailwick of uh, the Master of Law. So, just talking about how it's governed and, and who they really report to and, and things. So, um, let's see... Yeah. Okay. So, and they they it tells you that they garrison, that they have these different barracks right around the city. You know, the the over by Dragon Gate, and Cobbler Square, and different things. So there's some little nuggets there. Now it uh, the City Watch was established under the Targaryen dynasty um, during Magor the Cruel's rule. So, um. Yeah, that's that. It goes back that far, if you will, because you remember, you know, Aegon the Conqueror didn't have at first, a, you know, a, a, a Kingsguard, right? And so Visenya is sort of like helping him form the Kingsguard, and then uh, after Aenys, and then into Magor, they come up with the uh, the Gold Cloaks and the City Watch. So it's just kind of cool to look at the evolution of this, and I, and I thought part of this chapter, one one of the themes is is more of this world slash city building because we get a lot about uh flea bottom uh in in this chapter with aria and just sort of some of the running around of the city uh laying some of the groundwork i mean we get to we understand we we, we learn a lot about king's landing i guess in this in this um in this chapter and it's just kind of cool to see her interact with these different folks and one of those groups happens to be uh the gold cloaks yeah this is really one of the first chapters where you get a little bit of the life in King's Landing um, just because, you know, Ari is running around and she's trying to get some food and, and things like that. So um, <clears throat> yeah, as you said, we don't, we don't really get a lot of those chapters really of what it's like. Like it's always what's going on in the red keep, not necessarily what's going on in King's Landing. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. it's a good point. Now, wh- one other thing, and I was just re- reading here and I forgot to, to mention this. So that all sounds great, right? The, the gold cloaks are good and they're supposed to be helping out and everything, but uh, th- they're actually known to, to take bribes and to be kind of uh, like easily influenced and mm-hmm. selling positions and trying to, they do mischievous things to get promoted and stuff like that. So, uh, 
um, they're right now under the command of Janus Slint, so he we'll see him later um, in a different location, far far north. But for right now, he is he is in command of the City Watch, and um, you know the wiki kind of notes here just that Robert kept the the gold cloaks uh, around even after the Targaryens, you know, were uh, were ousted. So and it's just kind of it's just kind of decayed a little bit. Everything seems to be just like the standard fell, I guess, under 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 Robert. You know, like the Kingsguard standard, like the like the morals and and um, Barristan Selmy often talks just about like how these these men wearing the white cloaks are not the same as as they were of old, right? And I feel like that's sort of somewhat the same with the gold cloaks, although the the gold cloaks have had a, a, a back and forth. They've not always been the best, to be quite frank. As I no. look at the histories and stuff, they've they've had a lot. They've always been. It depends on who's commanding them and who's who's leading uh, them. That they really it, it just just depends. So if you've got a um, a fellow like like slint in there it's it's not going to go well but there were other good commanders and there were bad commanders and it uh so there's they're easily kind of swayed and stuff but they're there they're around and so when we mention them uh don't be confused i remember when i first re- <clears throat> was first reading the series like i was getting gold cloaks and white cloaks mixed up just a little bit and then also seeing the show and and seeing how there's like they, they wear their their gold cloaks or i'm sorry mm-hmm. the, the the white cloaks so the king's guard had sort of golden trim sometimes mm-hmm. right and I don't know, it just it just threw me for, for a little bit. So I always like to make sure we talk about the difference uh, for some of those folks who are just kind of coming in or um, just learning, wanting to know more about these uh, different factions in the in, in King's Landing. So, so that's it. Real simple, straightforward. Uh, we'll talk. With the, they'll again keep kind of popping up, and we'll encounter them throughout the rest of the series. Okay. All right. Well, uh, let's move on over to the reread. This week, we're taking a look at Aria 5. Last week, we were uh, in Daenerys 8, where Khal Drogo had fell off his horse. Daenerys had ordered her Kalisar to halt and call for Mira Mazder. Um, and there was some blood magic going on. Uh, things not necessarily looking good for Khal Drogo there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not so, at all. So the last time we were in an Aria chapter, Aria 4, Aria was training with Sirio Pharrell. Where she was, and then interrupted by Marin Trant uh, and a party of the Lannister guardsmen. Marin uh, demanded Arya come with him. Sirio senses something odd and fights the guards, giving Arya time to escape. At the stables, Arya finds her sword needle and kills a stable boy who attempts to capture her before escaping via the dungeons of the Red Keep. So, this week, Arya five. Arya is surviving on the streets of King's Landing by hunting pigeons when she hears the summoning bells. She joins in the crowd to watch her father confess his treason. Once the confession is done, King Joffrey demands his head. Arya attempts to get to him, but Yorin of the Night's Watch stops her. Afterward, he declared that she is coming with him. Mm. Wow. Pigeons and cats, man. That's what Mm -hmm. this is about. So, um, <clears throat> all right here, uh, I usually like to read just the opening little paragraph here. The scent of hot bread drifting from the shops along the street of flour was sweeter than any perfume Arya had ever smelled. She took a deep breath and stepped closer to the pigeon. It was a plump one, speckled brown, bus- uh, busily pecking at a crust that had fallen between two cobblestones. But when Ar- Arya's shadow touched it, it took to the air. Um, and that's uh, kind of the, the first part of this chapter. And actually, I think it's a 
it's it's kind of a good idea of what Arya's life is about to become for the foreseeable future. Uh, she is about to be kind of on the lamb, I guess, um, kind of roaming around from town to town, uh, you know, whether it's with the Brotherhood Without Banners or the Hound or over in Bravos. This is a this is really kind of what the stage will be for Arya chapters moving forward. Yeah. Trying to survive. Yeah. Trying to. Yeah. Just just make it right. And, and, and learning. And it's amazing the what Sirio has taught her in the short amount of time and how it really sticks with her and influences her. And even think about little kids sort of like this, that, that this has been a tragic sort of experience for her. It's sort of really intense. And, but she right before this had a new experience that was really positive and really good. And so she leans on it very heavily. I mean, really mm-hmm. leans on, on his teachings and, and she'll, she'll, she'll recall her, her father's, uh, words of wisdom as well. But, uh, it's, it's interesting how much Sirio really uh kind of saves her even when he's not there i mean just Mm -hmm. just by his teachings yeah and i think that's the she has some of the most interesting teachers uh if you view if you look at kind of the end of the series uh you know with the show and even the books where we're at in the books and who it is that influences the characters especially these young stark children Mm -hmm. um and how they kind of get to where they are yeah, you know, yeah. John, John in, is influenced quite a bit by um, Maester Aemon and uh, Dior Mormont, and I think that's kind of interesting how his character progresses. And then you know, Arya is you know we just said she's influenced by like the Hound and mm-hmm. um, Syria Frell and Jack and Hagar, and uh, just to see how she ends up and how they just kind of kind of how like their their viewpoints differ too. Yeah. Yeah, really. I mean, and so you talk about how a character evolves. What well, I mean, one of the things I've heard George talk about is he mentions this with 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 Bran is that he's writing about children too. And and this point of view is is from a children's perspective, a child's perspective. Mm-hmm. And so I've been thinking about that more as 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 I read the series and and so yeah, the, these teachers it's almost like you have to take the the best of that teacher and you have to like what with the hound you got to take like what 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 do you do there i mean she hates the hound at first right Mm -hmm. she and as far as we know i mean still in in the books anyways like there's a lot of animosity going on there but but something's happening she's she's learning that uh just because he's not coming out and saying whatever you know really showing his true colors doesn't mean that they're not still there so Mm -hmm. yeah she's her her mind is developing and and uh her character's developing right in, right in front of us here. So, and it's because of these teachers and their their differing opinions and and things like that. I mean, so Sansa later is going to be influenced by Peter Baelish, right? Mm-hmm. And she'll think about what her mother taught her and uh, things like that. Um, Bran gonna go up and learn from old uh, Bloodraven, you know? Mm-hmm. The, the, yeah. So, so there's that. But um, yeah. Um, okay. So. Arya then starts uh, kind of practicing trying to hit a, a, a bird out of the air uh, with, like, her wooden sword. And um, eventually she ends up uh, getting one. And then she yep. kind of, you know, snaps snaps its neck. And she is trying to trade it for, you know, the guy, the, the man with the push cart who has some uh, treats. Like, a, uh, she's asking for, like, a lemon treat or anything. Um, 
you know, I'll trade you a fat pigeon. She said, the others take your pigeon. The push cart man said the tarts were still warm from the oven. Uh, the smells were making her mouth water, but she did not have three coppers or one. She gave the push cart man a look, remembering what Sirio had told her about seeing. He was short with a little round belly. And when he moved, he seemed to favor his leg a bit, a bit. She was just thinking that if she snatched a tart and ran, he would never be able to catch her. Uh, and then he kind of, I think, notices and he says, uh, you be keeping your filthy hands off the gold cloaks and know how to deal with thieving little gutter rats that they do. Um, mm. So she doesn't uh, she doesn't end up uh, st- stealing one. She just ends. But then she starts to hear kind of like a rustle and people people talking as as people are kind of moving towards the sept of Baylor. Yeah. And there's there's some other bustle that kind of makes her think that these gold cloaks might not pay any any special attention to her right um because there's there's all this talk of well the bells right so so the mm-hmm. summoning bells uh will happen and then there's uh, the conversations this is a great chapter for because this will happen in inns and keeps and 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 uh, even in war councils where rumor has come in or reports are coming in about um a king's death or uh, a different group of people on the move or whatever it's it's the gossip of the town, and she kind of overhears what may have happened to King Robert, and mm-hmm. there's like one line of truth, and there's it's but surrounded by about six to seven different uh, lies, not lies or maybe just um, misconceptions or you know rumors that are just not true. So I think George is kind of showing us like that is something that he he will do. I mean we have to we have to know. Um, a couple chapters back, like what actually happened, and they were like, "Oh, well, that's the that." There we go. That's the truth. But then our characters don't know, and so so it builds that suspense or that that uh, dramatic irony, if you will, which is which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and said, again, right, like, like yeah, that his brother killed him or something, or that his mm-hmm. yeah, that, right here uh, it says um, she had also heard things, scary things, things that made no sense to her. Some had said her father had murdered King Robert and had been slain in turn by Lord Renly. Others insisted that Renly had killed the king in a drunken quarrel between the brothers. Why else uh, should he have fled in the night like a common thief? One story said the king had been killed by a boar while hunting. Another, uh, that he died eating a boar, stuffing himself so full that he ruptured at the table. No, the king had died at the table, others said, but only because Varys the spider poisoned him. No, it had been the queen who poisoned him. No, he had died of a pox. No, he had choked on a fish bone. So, again, um, this is something that we we bring it up a lot. It's kind of the thing you just have to continue to hammer home is that this story is told through us entirely um, by its by characters point of view, characters perspectives. And even if you go back and you look at the older books like not, I shouldn't say the older books, but the, the history kind of books like World of Ice and Fire and Fire and Blood is those are written by maesters and they often will put in um, conflicting reports. So even then it's hard to write, it's hard to uh, consider a history that they're writing about to be truthful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, You know, like when you go back and you're talking about the difference between you say Maester, uh, Maester Yandel and Mushroom Mm -hmm. arguing, arguing back and forth about this is what happened here. This is what happened here. Um, And it's one of the things when we, when we finish this chapter and I talk about, Uh, the difference between the show and the books uh, that I kind of like what the show did because this chapter is, again, told through us through Arya's perspective. And it's one of the reasons I think that it's taking Gurr so long to write the 
the final books because if it goes like we've seen it in the show you know you and i have talked about this before sir ezra is who do you pick to be the storyteller for some of the scenes we saw in the show right right um the dragon pit scene who do you pick like all of the main characters are there it's a different story if this chapter had been told to us through the eyes of sansa it would be a totally different story than through the eyes of Arya, who's out in the streets and she's hearing the hustle and bustle and you get kind of that King's Landing side as we talked about that flea bottom side of this as opposed to uh, Sansa who is going to be you know she would probably be kind of we would we'd be reading about how she's walking to the set she's walking up to the sept and she's thinking about mm-hmm. how Joffrey's going to do what he says he's going to do and mm-hmm. she, when she sees her father walk before her it would be a totally different story than through Arya and so I mean that's what Gur you know has to do with these with these chapters is who do I pick to, to, to be the storyteller well yeah and it's also what do you want to do to the reader I mean so in in this chapter it's like we're a little bit confused we're a little thrown because Arya uh, because Arya is also kind of confused like what do the bells mean where are we going what's happening uh is sort of the mood right that we're in mm-hmm. and with with Sansa <clears throat> As you say, it would have been sort of a, a roller coaster. She, they're like really happy emotions, and even Arya sees that. Like she's happy at one point, and then uh, really brought low because of, of what happens. And you you can almost then through Arya, you're, you're confused by that, but you're also it's almost like a like 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 we as readers notice it, but I don't know if, if Arya would be processing what happened to her sister up there on the stage because you know what what's happening to her father. But it's yeah, it's really important who you choose to tell the story and uh, and and what you want to do to your reader. What mm-hmm. is the mood you're trying to? to well, I, I think one of the I think one of the really good things about it, Arya being the storyteller in this scene, as opposed to uh, say Sansa or even you know they didn't have had Cersei chapters yet yet, um, but you mm-hmm. know, somebody else or even Eddard Stark, even uh, if it were if he were the storyteller, um, I th- I think you know if Eddard Stark were the storyteller in this, if this were his point of view, um, it would be, you know, you'd, it'd be far more of emotion, his emotion and his kind of decisions. You know, I'm going to say the, I'm going to say the wrong thing to save my family. Um, but I kind of like that. It's Aria here because then you get the, it, it feels more chaotic because that's ultimately what the outcome of this chapter is, is mm-hmm. it pure chaos is uh is is what is caused from this it starts a war you know the war of five kings i mean the entire westeros because of this decision right here westeros westeros completely goes into open rebellion and the throne is up for bidding to who has the strongest army yeah yeah exactly well you know another thing too before we move on here in the chapter i mean with sansa you'll get like i think we have one more sansa point of view and you could get a flashback, right? You you get some uh, of her recollections of, of mm-hmm. what happened and things like that. And you'll get that from other characters as, as we move forward. So you can still do that. Um, and the reason we don't have the Eddard perspective is because it wasn't actually him up there, right? Well, I mean, okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, just kidding. But, um, yeah, I know, yeah, all, all really good points. Yeah. So, um, okay, so Arya is hearing, um, you know, people are people are... There's a lot of commotion. We're moving forward. Uh, they kind of start uh, walking towards as they're hearing the the bells. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, I'm try- trying to see what's another. 
good good chapter here. You know, Arya Arya's thinking about she's still kind of thinking about how she shouldn't steal, um, mm-hmm. y- you know, and stealing food. Uh, well, we, we just get we get, we get this kind of world building here, right? There, you know, they're talking about in 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 Flea Bottom. There's pot shops. Uh, you know, you could trade half your bird for a bowl of brown. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so then they they talk about how the pot shops are never empty. So it's just it's just kind of some some world building here. Right. Yeah. Which, as I said, like the, even just the description of the of of cobblestones and the shops, and as you said, bowl of brown. And what and what what does that? mean and then it's, it's I, yeah, I don't know but i don't want right. any no i don't either i don't either it's it's contrasted with with milk and lemon cakes and tarts and stuff like that so uh completely different world that she's it's like the underworld that she's mm-hmm. she's fallen into here so um yeah okay so uh yeah so they're just uh continuing on some 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 world building here she had tried to she she had she had tried to talk to some of the children she saw, hoping to make a friend that could give her a place to sleep. Uh, but she must have talked wrong or something. The little ones had only looked at her with a quick, uh, wary eyes and ran away. And she came too close. Their bigger brothers and ask uh, sisters asked questions Arya couldn't answer, called her names, and tried to steal from her. Uh, only yesterday, a scrawny barefoot girl, twice her age, had knocked her down and tried to pull her boots off. But Arya gave her a crack on the ears with her stick sword that sent her off sobbing and bleeding. Um, then this is actually a really cool line. This I posted this on our Instagram because uh, I was just just hearing it, thinking like, oh, here's some foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. A gull wheeled overhead as as she made her way down the hill toward Flea Bottom. Arya glanced at it thoughtfully, but it was well beyond the reach of her stick. It made her think of the sea. Maybe that was the way out. Old Nan used to tell stories of boys who stowed away on trading galleys and sailed off into all kinds of adventures. Maybe Arya could do that too. Yeah. Yeah, maybe she could. Maybe she will. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you know, she goes to Bravos and then... Uh, if her ending is anything like the show, I mean, sailing off as right here in the beginning, or, you know, right here in the beginning, in the beginning book, man. Right. Yeah. The idea that she would want to travel wide and far. Yeah. Far and wide. Yeah. Yeah. So Pretty she's cool. looking, she, she's kind of looking for ways out of the city. She, she wants to try to escape, escape the city. So, um, yeah, she, she, she talks to somebody, um, and they talk about what you know. What's the ship? What's the ship here? Um, what ship is this? She's the Wind Witch out of Mir. The man said she's still here. Arya blurted. The long shoreman gave her a queer look, shrugged, and walked away. Arya ran toward the pier. The Wind Witch was the ship father had tr- had hired to take her home. Still waiting, she'd imagined that it uh, sailed ages ago. Um, hmm. You know, so she's thinking, oh, maybe I can, maybe I can um, get out, get out of here. But like as that's kind of happening is when the bells start ringing. Yeah. Yeah, right. What well, I mean, just a quick aside here. So the the wind witch, why is the wind witch still there? I mean, is there ever any I mean, is it just left there and didn't know what to do or is it does it have another, you know, job to do or why is it still there? You know, that's uh, let me look that up. I'll I will look that up really quick. Uh, I was wondering if there was any thoughts and theories on you know it's like if if Eddard was out doing his thing and um and maybe well i mean again he's 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 still alive right as as many people think (laughs) yeah he's yeah it's it's never really brought up again though i don't think um in later books so yeah it's just they're chilling maybe trying to get another commission or another another contract or something 
but interesting that she encounters it. I mean, could she have stowed aboard a ship and, and just gotten away? But part of the problem is, too, her family is still here, and she's maybe trying to figure out how to survive and how to either locate her doesn't, father or doesn't, rescue her father. It doesn't say. I just looked it up. That's just yeah. that's just it. It's just it's just that book. It's just still hanging out there. So hmm. yeah. Well, winds of winter, folks. It'll be back, and Eddard will come riding in. Right. Yeah. My um. Okay. So the, then she saw some guardsmen on the third pier in gray woolen cloaks, trimmed with white sun. The sight of Winterfell's colors brought tears to her eyes. Behind them, a sleek, three banked trading galley uh, rocked at her moorings. Arya could not read the name. Um, that's, that's, that's the, she's the wind witch out of mirror. So she even sees Stark men there, which is crazy to think about that. There's still this area, you know, like the Stark banners in winter mm-hmm. in King's landing, uh, with what's about to happen. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is, that is nuts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Arya's still kind of asking people she wants to buy a pigeon, trying to get some food. The bells are ringing. People are kind of, uh, still kind of, of moving, um, and then we hear, uh, we, then we see some, we see some people kind of arguing with each other about like what the bells mean. Um, you know, one, it's like some guy and some woman are kind of, uh, are, are yelling, are yelling at each other, you know, and they're, and she's calling her like a dumb slut and she's, uh, telling, you know, him like, I'll ring your bells, like all this stuff. Like they're just kind of going back and back and forth yelling at each other and Arya's kind of hearing it, um, She's like, where are you? And then she kind of runs down and asks them, uh, you know, where are you going? What's happening? Uh, they say the gold cloaks is carrying him to the sept. Who? She yelled, running hard. The hand. They'll be taking his head off. Um, you know, so she she is kind of like, uh, what is go- is going on? And you know, people yeah. more people are more people are walking. More people are kind of running up. They're they're carrying him up to Baylor's sept. I heard he was dead. Soon enough. Soon enough. Hope I uh, I got me a silver stag if they lop his head off. Um, yeah, so they're kind of making wagers and stuff. Yeah, yeah, they're they're uh, yeah. Arya's struggling to find her voice. He never. She started, but the only uh, she was only a child, and they talked right over her. Uh, more people yelling at each other. Fool, they ain't never gonna lop to lop him. Since when do they kick? When do they nick traitors on the steps of the Great Sept? Well, if they don't mean to anoint him, no, they don't. They don't mean to anoint him. No night. I heard it was Stark killed old King Robert, slit his throat in the woods, and when they found him, he stood there as cool as you please and said it was some uh, old boar did for his grace. You know that's not true. And then so there, it, it was his own brother did it that Renly him with his gold antlers. Uh, you know, so they're just again that 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 kind of mm-hmm. what are the stories that we actually get? What are the stories that actually come out? You know, the, the people don't really entirely know. So yeah. Can, can I bring up something real quick? That's just before I forget it. And it's, it's kind of interesting. So <clears throat> I think the Lannisters are doing something here. I mean, ha- like, like having one hostage, having Sansa and is great, right? So they have Sansa. She's, she's with them. They, they have Eddard. He's about to make this confession, and in Cersei's mind, he's going to go to the wall. This will end this war. My son now is in control. I don't have my, my you know, uh, glutton of a husband. I don't have Robert Baratheon around anymore. So she's sitting good. She's feeling good about this. But what would be better would be, would be to have Arya, 
if she could actually possess Arya and have another bargaining chip, right? Like, okay, and, and I'll even show you guys, I can I could give you one daughter in, in good faith, but I'm keeping the other one type of thing. So if she had, the more bargaining chips you have, the, the, the better you are. And I was just rereading this, and this is why we do a reread, because I had never noticed this. Um, we were talking about the Wind Witch there. They're actually Lannister men, it looks like, kind of, um, they're strangers. Sirio had told her to, like, look with her eyes, and to really see, and she knew all of her father's men, and these men were strangers to her that were in this garb. That were st- so you wonder why the Wind Witch is there. It's there because the Lannisters found out that that was a ship that was hired to take Eddard away, to, that was to take mm-hmm. the family away. So they're baiting Arya into hoping she goes up and approaches them and says, "I'm Arya Stark. You know, I'm trying to get off, trying to get out of here." And then, boom, they're going to take her into custody. The other part is coming out here and publicly making it this this um, proclamation or whatever, if Arya is just out in the city and lost or whatever, or hiding, uh, she might come forward. You know, she's, she's a young child, and she's going to come forward and maybe cry out to her father and, and, and beg for him to help her or something, and then, boom, they get to seize her. So it does a lot. I mean, also, he gets he's, he's going to confess, and it sort of helps to legitimize and put this whole... Uh, bastard situation, bastard-born children, uh, out of the, well, it's in the public eye already, and then now we're gonna we're gonna put an end to it here, um, and we're gonna make Eddard Stark the 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 traitor. He's the bad guy, and what have you. So it does a lot of things, but I mean, I think the other part here is that they were subtly trying to get Arya. They they want her, and and she becomes a a big point of discussion throughout uh, several. Well, she has been in in previous. Uh, point of view chapters and then going forward uh, no one knows where she is uh, and you know Catelyn is worried that maybe the Lannisters did they kill her did they do something with her uh, or can they not find her is there hope in that so anyways I don't know I just noticed it because those are totally Lannister men standing there in front of the um, Wind Witch waiting for Arya to show up and that kind of really changes things it just shows you like they're in the know on on a lot of this and plotting and planning so yeah I mean, think about how how big of, of a botch job Joffrey does here. Oh, I mean, is, as yeah. as you know, as as you were saying yeah. there, I mean, you have Eddard Stark, you have Sansa. Even if even without Arya, you're still in a huge position of mm-hmm. of power because if you send Ned Stark to the Wall, um, which mm-hmm. I don't know that they would do because at this point, you know, you have Rob who's marching down south. Oh yeah, um, they, yeah. Would yeah. you? They just hold on to him for a little while. I think you hold on done. to him. Yeah, because even if you say, "Oh, you're going to send him to the wall," you're sending him back to the north. So mm-hmm. they, they they would make the young wolf come down and and you know swear his sword and and say it was a misunderstanding. And, and they could also they know. could even keep Sansa and say, "We're well, we're keeping her as our ward." Mm-hmm. Um, yep. You know, to kind of like the Ned Stark, you know, did with with Balon Greyjoy. So. Yep. Yeah, I mean they're they're they really didn't have to do anything at this point. Yep. I know. It's huge botchery. <laughs> it's huge. It is like yeah. a, a terrible, terrible decision. And the I only think one that... who doesn't botch this is, is Cyril and Payne. Just to be Yeah, he doesn't. Clear. He he does his job. <laughs> so. Yeah, he he gets it he gets it right. Yeah. Well, anyways. But uh yeah, yeah. So the bells are really loud, as you said. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, there Arya. The the crowds are gathering. Um, it says Arya squirmed through the press, uh, through the press, ducking between the legs of horses and clutching tight to her sword stick. Uh, from the middle of the crowd, all she could see were arms and legs and stomachs. 
and the seven slender towers of the slept the sept looming over her. She had spotted a wood wagon and thought it to climb up into the back where she might be able to see, but other had the same idea. The teamster um, cursed at them and drove off with the crack of, of the whip. Arya grew frantic, forcing her way to the front of the crowd. She was shoved up against the stone of a plinth. She looked up at Baylor the Blessed and. Uh, the Septon King, sliding her stick sword through her belt, Arya began to climb. Her broken thumbnail left smears of blood on the printed marble, but she made it up and wedged herself in between the king's feet. That is when she saw her father. Lord Eddard stood on the high Septon's pulpit outside the doors of the Sept, supported between two of the gold cloaks. He was dressed in a rich gray velvet doublet with a white wolf sewn on the front in uh, beads and a gray wool cloak trimmed with fur but he was thinner than Arya had ever seen him his long face drawn with pain he was not standing so much as being held up the cast over his broken leg was gray and rotten mm. Mm. this is just you know, as as you reread this like Arya's her her whimperings and the things that go un, unsaid. So there's a lot of stuff in, in that's italicized that she's thinking, but she knows she can't say. Mm-hmm. Instincts taking over, and she realizes that you know she would be foolish to kind of shout out and give herself away here. Uh, she's just confused, and you're you're almost in shock. And I think maybe you no, well, she does make a, a charge here later, but like you almost regret like what could, like could I have done more is there something else i could have done should i have snuck up there earlier and tried to do something it's just it's terrible terrible to see her her father up here and and we know what a good honorable man he is and we we also know as the reader that he was in the right that he was trying to do what was right for his friend robert baratheon and the mm-hmm. betrayal that was done to him so yeah man so um, Arya starts to describe kind of she starts the scene starts getting set. You have Joffrey up there. Um, you know, he is prominent among them and with his his cloaks, of uh, uh, crimson silk and satin pattern with prancing stags and roaring lions. Uh, his queen mother stood beside him in a black morning gown slashed with crimson, a veil of black diamonds in her hair. Arya recognized the hound. Um, she saw Varys. Uh, it doesn't. I don't see. I don't think they say Littlefinger, but Littlefinger is there. In, yeah, it, in the, the one show. who dueled for her mother. Yeah, yeah. So it says the pointed beard might be the one who who had fought a duel for her mother. Oh, okay. Where, yeah. where, do, you, where do you see that at? Did I skip that part? Uh, yeah. So she saw Varys, the eunuch, uh, gliding among the lords in in soft slippers and a oh, patterned right there. Yep. And, robe. She saw, yep. and the sort the short man with yes, yes, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Because Littlefinger is there in the in the show. Yeah. Um, and in their midst was Sansa, dressed in sky blue silk with her long auburn hair, washed and curled and, with, uh, and silver bracelets on her wrist. Arya scowled, wondering what her sister was doing here, why she looked so happy. Yep. Um, a long line of golden cloak spearmen held back the crowd, commanded by a stout man in elaborate armor, all black uh, lacquer and gold uh, I don't know what that word is. Uh, his cloak had, had the metal, metallic shimmer of true cloth of gold. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's Arya's, it, Arya's, it's not looking good. No, no, not at all. And this is where her father, you know, he he lifts his head and he, he starts to speak and uh, they can't hear him, right? So mm-hmm. Slint's up there kind of prodding him and stuff. And again, from her perspective, you get the descriptions of people that we know. So in the in the black and gold armor, um, you know, we have somebody st- stepping up um, behind uh, her father. And then earlier we had the description of 
Littlefinger, Baelish, but we, we don't really know his name. So just things like that. She doesn't know who all these people are, but she can describe them for us, and then we can kind of figure out you know, who, who they are. But uh, they want him to speak louder. The crowd's kind of shouting, what? Louder? And uh, you know, she, she's thinking, you leave him alone. She wanted to shout, but she knew no one would listen. She chewed, she chewed her lip. So she's wanting to say these things, but she, does, but she doesn't. And uh, this is what her father says, though, right? He, <clears throat> he raised his voice and began again, I am Eddard Stark, Lord of Winterfell, and Hand of the King. He said more loudly, his voice carrying uh, across the plaza. And I come before you to confess my treason in the sight of gods and men. And then you can hear Arya just kind of whimper, no, right? Uh, below her, the crowd began to scream and shout. So obscenities are filling the air. I mean, he's a traitor, you know. And this is a spectacle for these people. You know, they, they, they're they miserable. They they want to see, they they all probably believe, right, that uh, uh, the higher-ups, the, the people in politics or the... <laughs> The, the royals are just screwing them all over. They don't have good lives, but, the, but those people do. And here's somebody who was a traitor. Uh, and so they're shouting, and, and they'll start throwing things here in a bit. But, um, yeah, so he, he raises his voice a little bit higher. Um, I betrayed the faith of my king and the, trust of, and, the, the, and the trust of my friend Robert, he shouted. I swore to defend and protect his children, yet before his blood was cold, I plotted to depose and murder his son and seize the throne for myself that's crazy mm-hmm. that is absolutely crazy that that is what he was probably forced to say i mean that's what they said like it's not just a like i don't know it's just it's crazy it had to be a bold confession that he was straight up a traitor it's just it's nuts uh let the high septon and in the um and baylor the beloved and the seven bear witness to the truth of what i say joffrey baratheon is the one true heir to the iron throne and by the grace of of all the gods, Lord of the seven kingdoms and protector of the realm. It just sucks, man. It just mm-hmm. sucks. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways. Um, and then uh, you know, she's Arya Arya's Arya's standing there and we get we get her you know, her thoughts. Her hand slid beneath her cloak and found needle in its sheath. She tightened her fingers. Uh, around the grip, squeezing as hard as she ever had squeezed anything. Please, gods, keep him safe, she prayed. Don't let them hurt my father. Um, then uh, the high septum knelt before Joffrey and his mother. As we sin, so do we suffer. Uh, and this man has confessed his crimes in the sight of gods and men here in this holy place. Um, the gods are just, yet Baylor the Blessed taught us that they are also merciful. What shall be done with this traitor, your grace? And in the show, it's um, Grand Maester Pycelle that says that in the, in the book, it's the High Septon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So what should we do? I mean, this is all, it's 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 basically a play. I mean, we're, we're, we're essentially watching a play in front of us. I mean, it's like um, Eddard has his lines, and then the um, High Septon has his line, and then Joffrey's supposed to say this thing, and, and he goes off script. I mean, he just improvs. And it's yeah, <laughs> the, the, the the worst consequence you can get mm-hmm. from, from improving. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's bad. So, um, you know, Joffrey steps forward. My mother bids me let Lord Eddard take the black. And Lady Sansa has begged mercy for her father. He looks straight at Sansa and then uh, 
at Sansa then and smiled. And for a moment, Arya thought that the gods had heard her prayer until Joffrey turned back to the crowd and said, but they have the soft hearts of women. So long as I am your king, treason shall never go unpunished. Sir Ellen, bring me his head. The crowd Jeez, roared and Arya felt the, uh, the statue of Baylor rock as they surged against it. The high septon clutched at the king's cape and Varys came rushing over, waving his arms. And even the queen was saying something to him. But Joffrey shook his head. Lords and knight moved aside as he stepped through tall and fleshless, a skeleton in iron mail. The king's justice dimly as it as if far from uh, as if. From far off, Arya heard her sister scream. Sansa had uh, you know, fallen to her knees, sobbing hysterically. Sir Ilan Plain climbed the steps of the pulpit. Dude, I mean, <laughs> absolute chaos. I mean, it's it's just, it's 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 ridiculous. And you know, I was thinking, so Joffrey can he's he gets scolded and he gets kind of told what to do behind closed doors. But when you go out in front of everybody like that, they can't openly. I mean, they could. They, they they could put a regency on him. I mean, right? He's supposed to have a like his mm-hmm. mother is 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 the regent, right? So why can't? But we had an issue like this back in the histories, right? Where um, I forget what it was. One of the Baratheons um, was was trying to tell one of our our dragon kings what to do, and even though he was a minor, he was sort of like, "No, I'm not gonna listen to you. King's guard is is sworn to me." I mean, and that's sort of what he is taking advantage of here. He mm-hmm. knows that his mother and these these other folks can't do anything openly. They can't uh, contra. I don't know. They, 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 it's he. It's because of this mass of people, and and it would it would sort of undermine his rule if they were to go over and just outright say no. Put you know, Serlin, stop this and all that kind of stuff. It just it's crazy. Mm-hmm. So um, let's see. Then Arya Arya grabs her sword and tries to essentially charge up like you know up up to the stage but um you know here we hear this uh hear you an angry voice shouted at aria but she bowled past shoving people aside um squirming between them slamming into anyone in her way a hand fumbled at her leg and she hacked at it kicked at shins a woman stumbled and aria ran up her back uh cutting to both sides but it was no good no good there were too many people no sooner did she make a hole then it closed again. Somebody uh, buffeted her aside. She could still hear Sansa screaming. Sir Ellen drew a two-handed greatsword from the scabbard on his back as he lifted the blade above his head. Sunlight seemed to ripple and dance down the dark metal, glinting off an edge sharper than any razor. Ice, she thought. He has ice. Uh, her tears streamed down her face, blinding her. And then a hand shot out of the press and closed around her arm like a wolf trap, so hard that needle went flying from her hand. Arya wasn't... Uh, wrenched off her feet so she would have fallen if it hadn't helped her up as easily as if she were a doll a face pressed close to hers long black hair and tangled beard and rotten teeth don't look a thick voice snarled at her um and this is uh yeah Yeah. this is this is yorn and he um he says look at me um you know remember boy and this is where he starts to say you know you're a boy now you know that's that's a bright boy because he doesn't want her to you know if she can if he can sell her off as a boy then it's going to be far more beneficial to her so um Mm -hmm. and as it as it kind of ends here it's uh let's see here um oh and that's just when yorn yorn ends up cutting her hair you know he says my name is my name is yorn i hope you can use that boy he just keeps saying that she says i'm not a boy and then he cuts then he cuts her hair so 
Mm. Wow. Yeah, he finds Needle 4 and, and puts that back in her hands and everything. I mean, it's just... Holy cow, man. I mean... What's so sad about it is like that is, as far as we know, like the last thing that Lord Eddard Stark will say to us, mm-hmm. right? It, it's it's we've heard we've we've heard all these other great lines and quotable things, but it's like the last thing that he says. Uh, I, I, and maybe there was more that was said as he was going, you know, to his knees or whatever, and they maybe he said a few things or he he maybe I'm I'm hoping he like was looking towards Sansa and telling her it's okay, everything's fine. You know what I mean? It just. Mm-hmm. Breaks your heart. I'm sure he was doing that. And it also makes you think of the histories. How many other people were forced to maybe make that confession and they were promised something else? And then it's like, well, no, we got what we wanted. See ya. We're never going to let you come back and tell us, like, tell the true story later on. Mm -hmm. So it kind of, it it dies. You know, all the scheming and the the lying, the things that that Lord Eddard had learned, they're gone. The, he, unless he passes those on or had written something or sent, sent a raven, it's it's over. Yeah. So, so um, okay, so I quickly kind of want to talk about the difference between the show and the books. So it uh, in the show, it plays out, um, it plays out almost the exact same way. Uh, it's, it's, but, you know, we get to see that viewpoint of the camera angles on uh, a few more people. And they really only add mm-hmm. about one thing. But I think that the one thing they add is so cool and it fits so well with lord eddard's character that it's not really anything that like is something that like changes it because i i think some characters are a little bit different in show versus the books uh like i think that jamie is is kind of slightly i want to say like more favorable in the show early on uh Mm because they add some stuff for him and you're you're even kind of like okay maybe jamie's you know like he that we talked about that scene that's that's not in the books where he's talking to eddard stark and he's saying um you know like when they killed your brother and your father like that was a terrible thing and then eddard started yeah. kind of black you know blast back at him um right you know is that he says uh, is that what you tell yourself at night when you when you think about how you stabbed the king in the back but so in this the biggest difference is um we get to see sansa and we as Arya said she, uh, she's smiling but we get to see eddard stark being brought up and as he's being brought up she's looking at him and smiling because she thinks that her father is safe she even looks at joffrey and smiles when he says he asked cersei um for mercy and how suddenly that all changes um you know the biggest uh the biggest difference though is ned yelling um at Yorin as he passes him, as he's being brought up, he says, Baylor, Baylor. And so we get to see Yorin look at the statue and see Arya. What? That happened? I don't, I don't, I don't remember that happened. Yeah. Wow. It's, yeah. In, go watch the scene from the show. And as they're, as they're, as they're walking out, Eddard Stark yell, he yells at Yorin, uh, Baylor, uh, Baylor. And so he looks up at the statue of Baylor and that's where he sees Arya. So it's like literally Eddard Stark's last thing he does yeah. in the show is save his daughter. It is, so it's, it is heartwarming and also heartbreaking. Yeah, man. I mean, that's, oh, that's so, that is so great. That is so great. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a, it's a super cool addition that they added in. And, um, I, I think it's, 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 I, they I don't even think they needed to because you'd already met Yorin in the show and mm-hmm. so, and so it, they didn't need to do it but I think it was just a, another way of just making you feel oh, this is how this, this is why this guy is such a good character yeah 
Yep, he's a boss, as mm-hmm. as you say. Yeah. So, right. um, also, I have to say, watching this scene and watching all of the people of King's Landing rejoicing as uh, Eddard Stark, Hand of the King, Lord of Winterfell, Warden of the fucking North, okay, yeah. is uh, is 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 being killed. <laughs> it just doesn't make me feel as bad when I watch Daenerys burn the city down. Okay, I just I don't know yeah. what it is. I just don't. It wow. just doesn't make me feel as bad. I'm just gonna say, you know, that's just, oh my, that's God. just that's what good. I was. Yeah. That's just what I was thinking <laughs> yesterday when I was when I was watching the scene yesterday. I was like, you know what? I think Daenerys did us a favor. Okay, yeah. Uh, th- these people don't know what these people just they, they they don't know what they they don't know they don't know what's good for them. Okay, Dan- wow. Daenerys might have been right. All right. <laughs> I mean, they're sitting I mean, there. Actually, they're wow, sitting there rejoicing as Joffrey is about to put the entire war, you know, the entire realm into open chaos uh, over lies that they heard about Eddard Stark. They didn't know the truth. Dang. They didn't, man. I mean, they don't even. I mean, even they don't even know the truth. That's that's like that's like the fake truth, right? That that right. Robert was killed by a boar. They they thought Renly killed him, so they don't know what they're talking about. So there's so much fake news going on. It's, it's, it's fake it's news central, man. Okay, I think I'm gonna go ahead and say it. All right, I think that the Westerosi, um, you know, politics and news cycle, it's influenced by Essos. Okay, there's yeah, some Essos. <laughs> there's some Essosy uh, influence going on, and I don't like yep. it. All right, I don't like it either. I don't yep. like it. It's, <laughs> So oh, that's crazy. Okay. Um, but I will say, uh, I found some really fun. So when I was watching that scene yesterday, I found some really funny comments. And uh, one of the comments was, I like how YouTube's algorithm has the next, like, because you know how YouTube has the autoplay where it'll play, like, yeah. you and I know how YouTube works, right? It, it's yeah. all about search. And so they want, YouTube wants to promote. YouTube wants to keep you on YouTube. And so it's yep. autoplay is going to be something that they think you would immediately go to next. So the next most played uh, scene after that, like, so what people are searching for is Joffrey's wedding to Marjorie. Yeah. And it's just like the clip art is like him dying. And so it's like yeah. people watch that scene, then they immediately go watch Joffrey die. Like it's, I just thought it was, yeah. I just, I just thought it was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah exactly. Shamey. Oh, that's wild. That is wild. Wow. All right, cool. Cool, man. Um All right, any other any other uh, cool connections there before we No, that's no, that's that's kind of it. Yeah, but okay. I thought that was I thought that was I just I found that interesting. Yeah, it's hilarious, man. Watch out for the fake news. And and I got to say, hey, Eddard Stark, I like I like the I like that thing they added from the show with him yeah. with him saying well, Baylor. I like to think maybe he did it in the books as well. It's just like we we don't get we get Arya's perspective of I mean, exactly. you know. It's maybe she's looking around or whatever and, and lost and pulling out her sword and he's he makes eye contact and, you know, um, says mm-hmm. and, and saves her life, essentially. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, OK. All right. Well, we have a couple of ravens here. Um, this is from Sam the Hammer. We haven't heard from Sam uh, on the show in a while. So uh, Sam says, Sir Matt and Sir Ezra, towards the end of the hedge night, Prince Valar asks why the gods had taken Baylor and spared dunk if only on it was only on a second listen that i've realized what a good question that is there's a lot of foreshadowing in this book that suggests if sir duncan the tall is going to be important to the future of the realm possibly the most important character in Gur's world so the question is why duncan the tall is clearly a great knight and an important figure but is his known achievements are no more uh, than comparable with other great knights like sir barris and selmy arthur dane or the young dragon why was the putting down of Damon 
the third Blackfire any more critical to the realm than any other rebellion. The death of Baylor is the start of the collapse of the Targaryen reign and ultimately leading to Robert's rebellion and Danny's invasion. Following on from what we know or uh, don't know, what we now know or don't know, after the conclusion of season eight, do you have any thoughts on what legacy Sir Duncan could have had um, that outweighs the impact of Baylor's death? What unknown achievements could warrant to this holy intervention? Even if he survived Summerhall, what impact did that ultimately have on the realm? Or could he still have a role to play in the books as cold hands or through his offspring regards Sir Sam the Hammer? Wow, man. That's a that's a great question. So, I mean, for starters there, what, what Sam is kind of saying and, and suggesting is that um, really the reason he's important or he's it, it's because of... What the the consequences, uh, the the death of 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 Baylor, mm-hmm. you know him stepping up and and seeing that that Dunk was worthy of being, um, fought for, protected or what have you, and so this trial by seven, Baylor steps in, and they have a go and, and accidentally, uh, Makar ends up killing his brother, um, and it is it starts to it, it's the crumbling then, of the Targaryen dynasty since it starts to go downhill. Uh wow, I don't know, man. I mean, like, is there is there more in? I think there's maybe a lot more that we haven't learned in in Summerhall and in regards to the dragon eggs and and maybe prophecy and and things like that. I mean, if if his major role is just saving, maybe he there's maybe he saves everyone there. Maybe he saves uh, Rhaegar and other mm-hmm. uh, and, and other folks or something. That could yeah, be, I mean, because Rhaegar was born at Summerhall, so. Yeah, I, like, right, and then and then is he, is 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 he cold hands? I mean, we've talked a little bit about that, right, Sir Matt? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, is he, yeah, the the is he cold hands theories? I mean, that's a that's a huge that's a huge one. We did a huge we did a yeah. we did a we did a big Patreon episode about that because most people believe Benjamin Stark is is cold hands, but we found quite a bit of evidence that could suggest it actually is Sir Duncan the Tall. Yeah, right. So I guess to answer Sir Sir um, to answer Sam's question, like, is there anything else we haven't talked about? Like, no, look now, you know, he says, looking at the show, is there anything that we see in the show that kind of says that would suggest that maybe Sir Dunk is like, why is he? Why does the realm need a hedge knight? Why did it not need Baylor Breakspear? You know. Why, why does that like how do we make that line make make sense is for right now all, all we really have is um is is that he's maybe tutoring and and uh well he is a squire right egg is his squire mm-hmm. and he may be, i think that become like I, a great king yeah i think i think a lot of it has to do with with him being the one who who kind of raises as we talked in this episode earlier about you know cereal pharrell and jack and gar those are the influences it's I mean, even Duncan says that to um, uh, Makar is, you know, did, did your other sons sleep in hedges or did they, you know, they train mm-hmm. with master at arms and all of this stuff. And he wants he wants Egg to be kind of a good person. Yeah. Yeah. And and so I guess I mean, and maybe and, line, may, and maybe yeah. it may, I mean, that's why he lets. I mean, ultimately, you know, Jenny of Oldstones marry his son, and who knows what kind of prophecies came because of that. So, right, yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, I mean, you know, because George has said that, that, that Dunk had, you know, in, in A Feast for Crows, that a descendant would be kind of revealed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people have suggested Brian, uh, Brienne of, of Tarth, and that whole, you know, possible connection and, and the finding of, of the of that shield. Um, so if you look at just her, I guess, I mean, does she, I don't know, does she, how, how big of a role does she play in this last season? I guess I'm trying to think like, is, is, is it realm saving? You know what I mean? Mm, well, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like what makes him bigger than Sir Barris and Selmy is, is the question. What makes him bigger than Sir Arthur Dane? Well, because we I, actually talk I about think those guys way more than we, well, I think I, I don't know that if, if it's, Maybe the realm needs a hedge knight, and at that at that time, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if it's a the realm needs a hedge knight. That's gonna. I don't know if he's like. I don't know if it's necessarily saying that Duncan is, you know, prophecy changing. Like he's a prophecy changing yeah. character. He may just be kind of a. I mean, a prophecy could be for a generation. It doesn't have to be forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and so maybe that's that's what it is. Maybe we, we've built that lineup to be so much more than than w- what it really is. So, uh, yeah, I can see that, uh, and, and I I, I kind of lean towards that. And, and if if you want to even start talking about like the ripple effect and, and the effect that it had that he had on Egg, and then and then his uh, governing of the realm, and then the things that happened at Summerhall, the survivors of Summerhall, and then even um, Dunk's children, maybe possible children moving forward. Well, that's all speculation really so well it's not actually speculation i mean george has actually kind of said he has he has descendants so that's cool mm-hmm. but uh yeah i mean i don't know it's i i think you're you're probably right in that it's just a contained type of thing but man i mean baylor would have been huge he had the he had the dornish connection and maybe could have uh i don't know let, let, like a lot of targaryens die I mean, a mm-hmm. lot of them start to kind of die off, and these these things, uh, I don't know, just just start happening, like like their mishaps, I guess, if you will, S- start to plague the Targaryens. So, starting with Baylor. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, good question, Sam. I mean, I don't really have a, a great answer for it, other than um, you know, the, the the realm at the time needed a hedge knight uh, to help prepare. Egg, and, and I think that's the other thing, is that Egg was very unlikely, right? I mean, he was not supposed to be, he was way down the line um, for for King. Like, it shouldn't have been him, correct? Sir yeah, Man? yeah, no, absolutely, he's the uh, the unlikely. Yeah, so it's like, maybe that that is really all it is, is that he was there to kind of befriend and, and be, and help bring up, um, help raise this uh, this boy, and help turn him into a great king, so... Anyways, I don't know. Awesome, man. Cool. So uh, let's move on here. We've got um, Sir Matthew Perry uh, has sent us in uh, a raven here. Hey, guys, just wanted to reach out and say uh, thanks for all the wonderful content you guys put out. I love this community uh, that you've created here on Facebook, uh, and it's so fun to be a part of it. I listen to everything you guys put out, including Hyperspace Hangout. Oh, sweet. Okay. Uh, Honestly, I wasn't a big podcaster uh, until I found BTK, and I haven't missed an episode yet. Uh, I sent one Raven to you guys back in February slash March, I think right before the show premiered, and you guys actually read it on an episode, and (laughs) 
Awesome. He's like, I was fanboying, yelling, going crazy in the car. Yeah, good. Well, uh, Sir Matthew, you better, you better be doing that right now, my friend. All right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. You, you send us a raven, we will do our darndest to, to read it. So I'm almost um, almost through my second read of A Feast for Crows, and I cannot wait to start uh, Dance of Dragons. Books four and five are so different from the show, and the amount of characters that we see is crazy. That's true, man. That's the thing. I've, I've said it from the get-go. Like, I was just doing, um, oh, we, I think it was last episode, Sir Matt, we got off and I was talking about uh, getting back into my A Feast with Dragons kind of reread. Mm-hmm. You know, picking yeah, we were back talking up about that where, where I left off. Yeah, and I was just like, holy cow, I started it. Um, I went on a little trip over the weekend, and I'm like, this is insane. There are just an insane amount of characters. Uh, it's it's just nuts. So anyways, uh, the Young Griff slash John Connington storyline is awesome and wish the show could have found a way to include that. Uh, Young Griff will be a huge player going forward and it's a shame we didn't see uh, that come to life in the show. I agree, with, I agree with you both in the aspect of the show ending versus the book ending. It's going to be so different and I can't wait uh, to see that. Wondering if you guys still have any sort of hope about uh, Winds of Winter coming out this year. I had hoped that Gurm would actually uh, do it the year um, the show wraps up. Yeah, we we did too. I mean, I, I don't think it's happening this year, but it may happen before. I don't know, man. I, there's just no indication out there, right? There's just nothing. I mean, we, we really, there's just no telling anymore. There's so many times where we've hyped it up and said, yep, it's coming this year. It has to be in the next year or so. And it's sort of like, I don't even like putting that pressure on him or ourselves to it's just it's like the the paragraph right before there. Uh, so wh- where we mentioned that there's many characters in the story, there's a lot that he's trying to shore up and he's trying to go back and look and maybe see where he can finish up a thread and and, you know, tie it off or something. So uh, it would actually be so cool. So it, it would be so cool to actually join you guys on Raven's Nest uh, someday. That'd be sick. We would love to have that. Uh, I feel like I know. Uh, you guys, just from listening to you every day, keep doing what you're doing as always, and I wish you good fortune in the wars to come, and we wish you that as well, Sir Matthew. So, yeah, man, I mean, that's, uh, I think the thing is, do you have any hopes, Sir Matt, that we're going to get the book? It's going to be out, like, within, before the prequels? Um, I don't think it'll be out before the prequels, but I do think it will be announced, I think it'll be announced before the prequel. I I I think it's I think I think by the uh certainly by the end of 2020 it will be announced. I th- I actually I still think it could be announced th- any time. Like I th- I think he's got to yeah, be close. Could. I mean he's got to be close to being done. Yeah. I know yeah, we ke- I know could. I know I know we keep saying that but I mean I'm actually I'm actually surprised uh it hasn't been announced yet to be well to be, to be to be entirely honest. Yeah, well, okay, so again, I was listening to Radio Westeros, and I've said this, uh, it's been about a month or two ago, and I've even read, again, some, some more interviews on this and just what George had said, I forget which con he was at, but the idea that he was disappointed almost in himself, and he just felt a little discouraged because the show out, how, had outpaced him, and he just never saw that coming. He did not anticipate maybe the workload and the press conferences and all this kind of stuff, so I don't know, man, I I'm I it may... I mean, I'm sure he's working on it, but uh, I really have decided to, like, no more say, okay, it's going to be this year, next year. It may be 2021, 20, 22, 23 wow. by the time we get it. Yeah, I really kind of 
it, I know that's crazy, but I mean, I mean, we well, okay. It's it's 2019. We had reports of it coming out in. I mean, literally 14, 15, 16, 17, and 18, and it's now 2019. 2019 will end, and we'll go into 2020. I am not putting any. I know, like the longer it goes, the more the, the closer we should be getting. But I actually think he might have stopped writing it for a while, like straight up just stopped. He's taking a break. He's reached. He's getting into some some blocks and stuff, and he's and he's getting older. Um, I, I don't know. It's straight speculation. I have no clue. I mean, I do talk to him on a regular basis, but he doesn't talk to me about <laughs> this sort of stuff. So, you know, I don't know, man. I'm I'm hopeful, but I'm I'm one of those people who says let him finish, let him take his time. Uh, let, let him do it in his own time. It's a, it's a masterpiece, and I I want it to be great. I know everyone's been asking him like, is you know are you are you going to change the books based upon the reaction that you got from the show? And I remember before the the season came out, he he said he came out with the with the showrunners and said they will be vastly different. He said the books would be would be different, and there there would be things that um that are book only that people are going to be like, wow, that's that is awesome, that's epic. So, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to see, man. But alrighty, well, I think that's it there. I mean, any other ravens or comments you got? Anything? Uh, nope, that's it, man. That's that's all. I, that's all I've got this week. So, all right, uh, all right. well, guys, um, as always, uh, I mean, man, the wall a little bit, sir. As you're here, or? yeah, we've had some good comments on Patreon. I mean, so for the Heron Hall series and. We've actually got uh, someone sent it. I think it was either on Facebook or Patreon, and I um, you reminded me of this before we started the show. But someone brought up a really good counterpoint to the 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 theory um, that we are reading through, and some of the some of the stuff that um, Sir Matt and I are, are, are presenting on Patreon about the Turnate Heron Hall Rhaegar's uh, presentation of the uh, or, or, or you know crowning uh, Lyanna Stark, the Queen of Love and Beauty, at the Turnate Heron Hall. And it's it's really cool, really cool to, to have people's feedback and and to see some of the counterpoints. So that was sort of the point. We wanted people to put their counterpoints out there or even just follow up points. And we're going to include those again in next month's, um, you know, uh, part three of the Heron Hall series, which takes off, uh, really takes off. And part three and four are just insane, R- really cool stuff. Um, we have a musing coming out, I think, around maybe the 15th or shortly after. So we're going to get to that and... Yeah, it's fantastic. We're having a good time over there uh, on on Patreon. We've kind of got it spelled out here through the rest of uh, 2019. So if you want to join up, head over to patreon.com forward slash bend the knee. Yeah. So, all right. Well, guys, uh, as always, we want to thank you for playing the Game of Thrones. In our next episode, we will be discussing Chapter 66, Bran 7. If you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, leave a comment, or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com. We will see you in a week, and remember that winter is coming.